It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo, and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis, and Stan in central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you, with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations, so you get the product you're looking for. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the Hoops Resource Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. We are going to talk about something a little different today, but I think fun. It's NBA. If you're a college fan, next time. Come back next time. A couple weeks ago, it was in the news that the NBA was going to expand by two teams in 2024. And Adam Silver came out and denied that. But it's this has been building for a couple years now that potentially there will be a couple of expansion teams. And so we're going to run through a hypothetical scenario and a mock expansion draft. Now, the NBA is no stranger to expansion. One of my earliest memories was the Charlotte Hornets uh, being created, and they showed them on the local TV. I'm from Eastern North Carolina, so I got exposure to it at a very young age, and I love the Charlotte Hornets those first few years. I mean, this is the <laughs> late 80s, early 90s. We didn't have cable until 92, 93-ish. So you were just trying to find anything that was different, not a sitcom. This is before the internet and all that. So yeah, it it's happened. It happened a lot. It happened a lot in the late 80s, early 90s, or mid-90s. Seven teams from 1988 to 1996 were added and then there was another team Charlotte again my Charlotte psych I don't claim them but the point here is there's been lots of expansion there was a heck of a lot of expansion for a little over a decade there and the what is it 18 years since there's been no teams added and the NBA is at a all-time high and you know TV Ratings popularity, especially worldwide popularity now, it's not even close. So they could certainly support another two teams. And then this exercise, we will take the 2004 rules and we'll, we'll say we're going to expand by one team this year. And then in 2024, 2025, whatever, you can expand the other one. I think this would be a realistic scenario. We'll go through the team, the players that are unprotected and the players that you know we want to draft and also the NBA draft has has happened so we know what teams were were in the market to trade and what they were valuing we know you know the draft order we'll, we'll go through all that as well so welcome to the uh, fantasy nerd podcast i have fun with this uh, if you're listening still maybe you are in the market for some nerding so let's go for it Okay, let's go through the rules real quick. Unrestricted free agents are ineligible for the draft. Each team, each team can protect up to eight players. Uh, if a team has less than eight players, they'll have to put one player out there to be drafted or unprotected. And, and there's only one example of that, Golden State. The expansion team can only select one player from any one NBA team. 
you have to select a minimum of 14. You can select 29. We're not going to do that. There's no way in hell we would ever do that. Let's see. The expansion team is not bound by the salary cap, blah, blah, blah. You don't need to know any of that. Um, it's just the minutia. If you want to go look up the rules, the 2000, we're using the same 2004 expansion draft rules that the Charlotte Bobcats used. And we'll be drafting our team. Each team can protect eight players uh, go to the hoopsresource.com if you want to read the article we have all the players that were left unprotected the rationale behind it and we'll go over that in the podcast as well but if you want to see it in writing go to the the hoopsresource.com okay so charlotte was given the fourth pick as part of the expansion agreement in the 2004 draft they actually traded up and got okafor a number two um, they also have the 34th pick in the second round. We'll, we will use those same uh, standards. It could be worse. It could be better. But we're just going to use the same. Simple. Make it simple here. And plus, I think fourth will be the best position to, that you could possibly get into these days. So my philosophy here, and I think the philosophy that pretty much every modern team would go for at this point. I mean, you know you can't be good. So why the hell are you going to draft a Greg Anthony or whoever back in the day. You know, you want the the youngest players, the best potential upside, and the best value contracts you can come up with. And I forgot to mention this in the rules. This is important. Teams are incentivized to to encourage you to to pick players and, and take them off of you know, their contracts off of their hands. And this has happened in all the previous expansion drafts pretty much. I know Charlotte had a couple examples where they were given picks and and in fact that's how they moved up with the Clippers and also there was a guy from uh, Dallas that was he was like 31 years old he was taken number one by the Heat just looking at some of the history that was kind of interesting basically they gave them a first round pick and this is in the this you know this is 30 years ago 30 plus years ago so you know teams understand this and they're going to try to incentivize or hypothetically, expansion team, to pick a player that they want to protect or like that they don't want you to protect. They might say, take this uh, lame contract and I'll give you a pick. So we're going to look at like some of the trade. We have an example of that. We will use later on. I'll give you my rationale. The important thing here is I think it, it remains as realistic as possible. So we're not going to do crazy outlier trades or, or whatever uh, so let's run through the players that were left unprotected that we think are most likely to be left unprotected okay first Boston that we think they leave Daniel Tice Aaron Naismith Sam Hauser and some other trash at the bottom here we're not even going to think about Philadelphia I think they would leave Tobias Harris unprotected. And I think they would leave him unprotected because they would want us to take him, potentially. But most likely they know we would never take him. So they have some other younger guys they would want to actually protect. Uh, George Niang, Sheikh Milton, Isaiah Joe, those are the other guys that they would potentially leave unprotected. Uh, Toronto, well, I think we'll move through this. If you want to see the list, go to the Hoops resource. I've got them all listed out there. I'm running an audible here. I don't think it would be good 
radio to go through a list of the shittiest players in the NBA potentially. So let's just talk about some highlight decisions like that were tough thinking about like for the team who who would you want to actually protect so let's talk about specific rationale you know most of these are cut and dry you have your eight players that you want to protect and maybe you you know if you're philadelphia you want to just dangle out tobias harris you don't really want to lose that salary spot but you also know no sane team building that's going to take a 30 year old Tobias Harris is who's got you know 40 million dollars a year for two years on his contract it's just not going to happen well you would you would think so dangle it out there maybe it does happen and yeah you wouldn't want to lose that salary spot but so I do think Tobias Harris would be available uh the thunder the thunder are an interesting one um that would be hit harder than most teams because they have so many good well I use good loosely but they have so many young players on rookie contracts and they they can't keep them all and so it really came down to who do you protect Isaiah Roby or Aaron Wiggins was the last the eighth pick and Wiggins he played a little bit more he was a year younger his he had he was under contract for two additional years and you know Roby has one year left he was about to get paid so I think that's what sealed it and OKC knew you know, they have a top three pick in the this year's NBA draft, and all of those guys were, you know, big men, power forward type players. So, yeah, it, it makes sense that they wouldn't have protected Isaiah Roby, which is good for us. He is certainly on my list, and we'll see where he ends up in a minute. I think at a one through five confidence, uh, a five confidence, that's how that would actually play out. Uh, the Timberwolves. You know, the Timberwolves would not want to part with – Nas Reed or McLaughlin. But, you know, I think they would value Jalen Noel a little higher. He shot the ball better at a position of greater need. The Warriors, Warriors only had seven players that were actually eligible. But as the rules stated, you have to leave one player unprotected. So this is where it gets uh, really interested. You know, part of me thinks that they would actually try to do what the 76ers did and leave Clay Thompson or Draymond unprotected and, you know, dare us to take them believing we'd have no interest and just to protect the young guys. Cause they have good young guys like Wiseman, Moses Moody, uh, pool. They're not putting, they're not even risking him. I'm sure. But ultimately I think, you know, where they're at, winning the championship. They're not going to rock the boat with Draymond. That's just going to piss him off. Personally, I think they should probably leave Wiseman unprotected just from what he makes, like $12 million a year as the second pick coming up. And I don't think he's got any more potential upside, really, than Moody, but I, I don't think they would do that either. I think there's too much invested, and money isn't really an issue to them so it seems like moody is the logical guy that they will leave unprotected now if i was in charge of the warriors i think i would dangle draymond and be like take him just you know if you you know but god that that would really like call call your bluff and i mean maybe you could get something but yeah 
and it would just rock the boat too much. And the position they they're in, you you really the smart logical thing is just just to leave Moses Moody unprotected. You know, don't leave James Wiseman, even though he's very expensive. But that's our that's to the benefit of the Seattle SuperSonics. I'm sorry, I didn't even I didn't even say the teams. This is the Seattle SuperSonics. We're we're bringing back the Seattle SuperSonics to life. I think most uh, most people think the Las Vegas would have a team as well, potentially, if there was two teams. But I think everyone pretty much agrees that Seattle is the is a shoe in for the first expansion team. So it's to the benefit of uh, my Seattle SuperSonics. Since I'm picking for Seattle, and I didn't even really consider Draymond Green. He is getting paid $25 million in 2023 and $27.5 million in 2024, and he's 32 years old. So, yeah, he is a very luxury item, but if you're the Warriors and you just won, you can't rock the boat there. But that would probably be the smart move. But it's Moses Moody, who they leave unprotected. Let's see, the Pelicans, uh, similar to the Thunder, they have a wealth of young players on rookie contracts, and they can't keep them all. And what they probably should do is leave Devontae Graham unprotected, but they clearly like him. They signed him for a reason. They moved on from Lonzo Ball, stupidly, I think, to do it. But, I mean, it's not the worst contract. Personally, I would keep... Alvarado, he makes uh, nothing almost com- by comparison, and I don't think there's a. T- I mean, they're different. He, Graham obviously can shoot better, but they're not that. The impact, the actual impact on the court, isn't that different for what he's paid. But I think they like him. I think that they will leave Alvarado unprotected. That's to our benefit. The Lakers, the final team, and. <laughs> Yeah, they can leave Russell Westbrook unprotected, but what is the what is the point? I mean, they have no one on the team we want anyway. They pretty much probably know there's no one that we would select. I think they would leave uh, Gabriel unprotected. So why would you even rock the boat with Westbrook? He's got to be in the offices every day and in the on the practice court. So why even rock the boat? I'm not, you know, as an expansion team, there was no expansion team that's going to take Russell Westbrook at nearly $50 million. And, you know, it's just not going to happen. So I don't think they would actually leave him unprotected. The house cleaning is out of the way. If you want to know the list, go to the Hoops resource. Let's get into the draft. The expansion draft. The number one pick, I am selecting Isaiah Roby. And I think this is a great get. He has already averaged 10 points, 5 rebounds, and he shot 44% from 3 last year with an 18.3 PER, over 60% true shooting. He's 24 years old. He's got one year left on his rookie contract, so he's about to get paid. You know, I don't think you get paid that much unless he has a good year, and, hey, we need to pay people. I mean, we have no one on the books, so this is our number one pick. I think he's versatile enough. He's six foot eight, 230. Versatile enough to play power forward, uh, small ball center. He actually played 50% of his time between both. And he's a respectable 124th uh, defensive RPM. Solid, 
pretty solid hustle stats, uh, blocks and steals. I think this is a no-brainer. This is my number one pick, Isaiah Roby. Seven foot three wingspan, by the way. So yeah, he obviously plays bigger than even his height would indicate. Number two, Moses Moody. The Warriors' uh, bad fortune, my good luck. Lending a 20-year-old who was just late lottery last year, one year removed from that, I think it's it's excellent. He has three years left on his rookie contract. That's the, the biggest takeaway from this. I mean, he's not been spectacular, but this is a value play. Okay, number three, Goga Bazade. Average seven points a game, 18 PER. I don't think you can really pass up on a young, productive player in this situation. He does get paid a little bit more than most pe- players, but I don't think he would be demanding a big contract the next year. Number four, Jose Alvarado, who we talked about earlier. He is a little bit small at six feet tall, but he is dirt cheap, and he has three years left on his contract, averaging six points a game, three assists, 16 PER, 24 years old, a little older than most of the guys, but at this for, for what he's getting paid, the contract length that you have him under control, and even after that, he, unless he can add a three-point shot, which is what he needs to do. He, if he adds a three-point shot, he is a highly sought-after NBA player because he's not trash on defense. He's right around 200 on defensive RPM, point guard, young. It's just a good value play. Okay, moving on to the fifth pick in the draft. This is where we go a little bit hypothetical fantasy, but I think it's realistic. And that's the total thing I wanted to maintain in this exercise. And at this point in the draft, I think we know what the New York Knicks wanted to do, seeing what they did on draft night, um, just opening up cap space. And they, they want to sign Jalen Brunson. I think that's the obvious one. Uh, Kyrie has opted in, but they wanted to clear space to have some options on that. And they wouldn't have needed Derrick Rose. And they wanted to cl- they they use picks to clear space. So I think here would would be a point where New York would have said, "Hey, look, why don't you take Derrick Rose, and we'll give you a late." first round pick maybe two seconds I would do it for two seconds as well but I think this will be a realistic trade and I think it makes sense for an expansion team to take Derrick Rose he's not a bad contract he's right around 15 millions of million dollars for the next two two seasons which is a little bit overpaid but not by much I think the thinking here is you could almost take that and maybe flip him at the trade deadline for something some more picks and maybe take on some more bad money, worse money, in fact. And he, he's a serviceable player. He could help some teams during the playoffs for sure. And the thing here is you can put him on your posters at the first, you know, you're trying to, to get interest from your team, you know, from their fan base. He is a face. He's a face that someone knows. He's a former MVP. He hasn't been good in years, of course, but – you can put him on the posters and say, look, we got Derrick Rose. Year one, come buy a season ticket. So that has value as well. I think this is a situation where it w- would have been good for all parties to, to to take. We need salary. They need to shed salary, 
give me something, a, a late first-rounder that you traded for, one of the worst ones, maybe 2025, or even two seconds. It can roll over into two seconds. So I, I just think it would make sense on all sides. So Derek Rose here. Our only, And this goes against what I normally would be trying to do, but I just think it makes too much sense. And New York wouldn't have had a need for Derrick Rose if they get Jalen Brunson as much of a need for a $15 million, 32-year-old, whatever he is at this point. Kessler Edwards is my number six pick. And what became apparent in this is that there was really no wings. No wings with good size. Six foot eight, 215, I think is what he is. And I don't think Edwards is very good. He averaged uh, six points a game, three three and a half rebounds, eight PER, but he is young. And he does have good size, and he shoots decently on three-pointers, 35%. And he's 190th in defensive RPM. So the hope here is that he could eventually be a good 3 and D player. I just take him as a flyer because there is really no one else out there that is a Six foot eight, bigger wing that you could hope could maybe guard a Kevin Durant, a LeBron James. So I don't think he would probably get trucked pretty bad. But what are your other options at this point? And we'll go through a few. <laughs> the other options are six foot five. They're a little bit better built, but yeah, it's not very <laughs> it's not very hopeful on the wing. And at least he showed some propensity to shoot three-pointers and be decent on defense. And he's I think he's 21. So, yeah, that's where I'm going. Uh, number seven, Nas Reed. We talked about him earlier. He is actually very productive. He's small, though. Six foot nine, 265, 17 career PER. Uh, he averaged 11 points per game in his second year. So, you know, he can stretch that out with a little bit bigger role. He's a career 34.3% shooter for a center. That's that's positive. That's very positive. His defense isn't great. Uh, in fact, it's kind of bad. But his block rate is pretty solid, 2.1 per 36 minutes. So you hope maybe that could get a little bit better. He's, you know, he blocks a few shots. He's. He's got decent size, uh, not really for a center. He's a little undersized. You hope he could play a little power forward, but I don't. I don't think he really has that mobility. But uh, for a productive player who shoots threes and blocks shots at decent rates, eighteen per last year. Yeah, totally take this guy. Probably should take him a little higher, but we're getting. We have no competition, so we're going to get him anyway. Okay, so let's move through this a little bit quicker. Number eight pick, John Conchar, who's 26 years old. He's older than anyone else I would have drafted. And he's a little weird in the fact that he gets most of his value from rebounding for for a 6'5 guard. That's weird. But here I'm banking on the fact that he is a productive player for a really good team and that someone would – would want him. He played in the playoffs. He's playable in the playoffs. And there's not a lot out there. He can, he shoots a little bit. I think he can actually explore more of that. So, yeah, I'm taking him here. I think more than anything, it's just getting into the weaker area 
The number ninth pick, Jared Butler. Uh, we need guards. He's a nice young guard, 21 years old. Uh, played 60% of his minutes at point guard. He's six foot three, so he has good size. His per 36 was he was not efficient, but they were 16 points, six assists. You know, but he's got time to improve. Take him as a flyer. Uh, Dashan Nix, six foot five, well built. He played 82% of his minutes at small forward. Wing is the hardest one to come up with in this draft. Six foot five, he's small, but he's 20 years old. He played all his minutes there. He's built well. I think he's 225. He's got three more years on the rookie contract. Yeah, he's a McDonald's, former all McDonald's All-American. Why not take a chance on him? Maybe he could do more. Number 11, Chuma Okiki. And he's 23 years old. He's an undersized power forward. He did play 12% of his minutes at small forward. We need small forwards. He can play there in a pinch. He's reasonably productive. This is the number 11th pick. It's kind of what you're getting. Uh, JT Thor. Number 12, he's got a cool name. I guess that's how you say it. He's an end-of-the-bench guy, so I wouldn't know. But he is he's 19 years old with three years left on his rookie contract. I think he's 6'10", 205. That's really the only reason. It's like, well, it's a, it's a value play. If it pans out, cool. If it doesn't, we're probably going to end up cutting him anyway. He did a few things. Uh, looking at his per 36s, he was productive over – most of the box score stats, so that's something. Uh, Frank Nitilakina, we should know this. He's been talked about quite a bit, being drafted by New York. There you go. Yeah, he feels like he's been around forever. I mean, this years, you know. It's like when you get drafted by New York, you're high profile, but that works both ways, and he – you know he's only 23, so he why not take a chance on him here? He's he is six foot four. His defensive prowess, you think he would be better? He's right at 300 defensive RPM. Maybe the shooting comes around. He's got decent sides. He can play a little bit of point guard. Yeah, probably going to end up cutting this guy. Why not take him? just as a flyer, just as a chance. And then the number 14th pick, the last pick that would go in this draft, I considered Rajon Tucker and Isaiah Joe also for the final positions. But ultimately, I went with Tony Bradley because he is productive. He can be he – he has shown he can be a productive backup. And at this point, you know, Isaiah Joe, he's about to turn 23. He's a little bit younger, but – I just don't think he's good. And Tucker, he's never been able to carve out any kind of minutes. So I, I would want to take him in theory. You know, he plays point guard so a lot of his minutes, and he's got decent size. But ultimately, I think you go with the, at this point, someone that you know can play a little bit. And he's 24, and he's been productive. He's his career, 19 PER. 65% true shooting, rebounds well, decent enough size, 6'10", I think 240. This is just uh, someone might value him, and you could flip him for something else, or he can just do what he did in OKC last year and be a, a backup center. So this is the 14th pick in the expansion draft. You're not, you're not getting uh, 
a lot of a lot of value at this position, but that's where I would go. Said Frank Natilakina for the first time in my life after hearing it on Sports Center and all this. Why would but Stephen A. Yeah, and yeah. Anyway, the NBA draft. We know we have the fourth pick, like Charlotte had in two thousand four. I would have drafted Jaden Ivey, and I just think. With that pick, he is the best mix of size, athletic ability that there is. I would personally want to draft Keegan Murray. I think he had an excellent, one of the best you know, college seasons as far as efficiency that really has ever been documented. But he's two years older, basically. And I don't think he would fit on the timeline that we're looking for. Uh, Sharp, I would have considered him as well, but he's just a complete unknown, a little bit younger. So just split the difference. Take the guy that offers the best upside potentially at a value position. That's where we would go. Jaden Ivey, the fourth pick. And with the 34th pick, I would have considered moving up to the 29th pick, which the Grizzlies traded away for Ty Ty Washington. I think that was a lot of value. But I don't have any draft ammo. Uh, you know, I have one pick that I've added, and all the other picks are going to be too good to trade away to move up for that little bit. So, yeah, I don't think that there's any way I would would move up. So, stick at 34. I would take Jaden Hardy, who was the fourth best player consensus in the class, in his high school class. And he went to the G League, and he was playing G- you know, grown men as a 19-year-old, and he was terrible. So I think there's some justification for him being terrible. I mean, he he shot the ball horrific, and you would think maybe that should be a little bit better. But at this point, you're you're just you know you're chasing potential, and he's got the highest upside. He's six foot four. I considered Kennedy Chandler. He's a little too small. Second round, I think you swing big here. You took kind of a safer pick, I think, with Jaden Ivey a little bit than, say, Keegan Murray. I mean, he seems like a low upside type guy. I would swing for some upside here. Jaden Hardy, I think he has the most upside, you know, just being fourth in this class. And and what else? I mean, it's the second round. There's just nothing really there. Uh, free agency, I would try to get Colin Sexton. I think the the thinking is he would go between eighteen and twenty million. I'd offer him twenty two and make them blink if he came. He's only twenty three point four years old. Yeah, that's uh, why not? What else are you going to spend your money on? He fits the timeline. So yeah, and I think he's been good enough. He's coming off injury. Um, he doesn't facilitate. He's small. But there's no chance you get a player that is actually a, a proven 20-point-per-game player like this without paying him, and that's a fair fair market price, and I think it would get matched. So I think there's no chance we would really get him. We would have to like really outbid everyone else. But then again, we could also be an expansion team. You could offer, like, hey, come here and be the star. Or like one of the the top players and and increase your value like that. Maybe build up and and play with a team that's on the rise and on your timeline. 
But anyway, I think that what we would end up having to do is take on bad contracts, you know, for picks. You know, send us your bad money. We'll take picks, and that's that's what the plan would be. So we've drafted our team. The only guy that's above $5 million is Derrick Rose, and that was to take on money. The projected uh, draft or depth chart, I think, would be uh, Goga at center, Roby at power forward, Moses Moody at small forward, Jade Navi shooting guard, Derrick Rose point guard, whichever one you want to switch over the kind of combo guys. Nas Reed off the bench, Alvarado off the bench, Jared Butler, John Contra, Tony Bradley. Yeah, so that's what the team's looking like. It's not a good team. It was never going to be a good team. You know, you're drafting the youngest, best value contracts with players with upside, players you think teams would want to, like, trade for. But I think we've done a, a pretty good job here. I think there will be a few players that emerged that were keepers. Gerald Wallace came out of the, the Charlotte draft. I don't know that we would have anyone that good. But I think there's a couple of valuable players that could be valuable contracts that maybe you could flip for something else or maybe would develop into solid role players. And you just have to draft good in the <laughs> the. NBA draft as well with the picks you got and you'd you'd want to be bad you would want to try to not necessarily you wouldn't want to be bad but I think you'd want to be bad enough you got a couple good picks at least over the next two years and then tried to really go in free agency and Seattle you know it could be a decent enough uh, free agent market I think but as always we've run a little bit long here guys thanks for being with us I think we'll cut it here. This is a fun exercise, in my opinion. You know, it's a little bit of a lull before free agency and, you know, college basketball. We can't talk that as much. So here we go. We're just going <laughs> to do the uh, the mock. We want to be a little bit different, too. So I hope you enjoyed it. Check you later. Cool. Guess we'll see you around. All right. Check you later. Bye. At Vanguard, this is more than just a retirement plan. This is your cappuccino date in Italy, the beach house with the matching bicycles. It's your rental car down memory lane and weekends reuniting with friends from over the years. This is the future you imagined, and Vanguard is here to help you build it. Because at Vanguard, you're more than just an investor, you're an owner. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation, distributor.